I suspect there have been many times when you've offered praise and thanks to God for the wonderful things He's done in your life. But how often do you praise Him for what He hasn't done yet, but promised that He will? Does God's future plan fill you with praise or impatience? In today's lesson, Stephen will show you that we should be equally ready to praise God for what He's promised to do. That's just as certain as what he's already done. A teenage girl by the name of Mary is engaged to a young man by the name of Joseph. Mary has just heard from the angel Gabriel, and he has told her the shocking news that although she's a virgin, she will conceive miraculously and bear the long-awaited Messiah. Gabriel then informs Mary that her elderly relative, Elizabeth, happens to be six months pregnant and and equally surprised by God's plan in her old age. Now, if anybody could understand Mary's predicament, it would be Elizabeth. So now here in Luke chapter 1 and verse 39, we're told that Mary makes her way to the home of Elizabeth and her husband, old Zechariah, there in the hill country, That was at least a a, a three-day journey for Mary. Frankly, I've often wondered uh, at this point in the drama, what did Mary tell her family? Did she trek there alone, confused, hurting, suffering? What did she tell Joseph, by the way, before she left? Well, here's what we do know. As soon as Mary arrives, Elizabeth's unborn son leaps in her womb, verse 41 records. With that, Elizabeth blesses Mary, and the two are able to enjoy the fellowship uh, that only the mothers of two miraculous babies could enjoy. Mary now begins this wonderful song. She must have been composing this during this three-day journey while she was alone. Let's look together at the way she praises God in her song, and it all begins here in verse 46. Mary praises God for her salvation. Don't ever forget that, like all of humanity, Mary needed the Lord's salvation. Mary wasn't born without sin. She, too, needed saving. In fact, she sings here in verses 46 and 47, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Well, Mary praises God also for her unique testimony here in verse 48. She sings, he has looked on the humble estate of his servant, for behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. By the way, Mary isn't saying that all generations are going to pray to her or depend upon her. She's saying that people are going to realize for generations how blessed she was to be chosen for this unique assignment from the Lord. Well, Mary goes on here to praise God for displaying his power in a number of different ways. She says here in verse 51, He has scattered the proud, verse 52. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones, verse 53. He has filled the hungry. And in verse 54, he has helped his servant Israel just as he promised he would. Let me tell you, beloved, you study this hymn for very long, and you're going to discover that all of it comes directly from Old Testament passages. 
Mary clearly has memorized many passages of the Old Testament that she had been taught growing up as a little girl. In fact, she had anchored her heart to the Word of God. And now during this unusual time, she's able to sing those passages, God's power to save those who come to him in faith, trusting in him alone. Listen, don't overlook the fact that this isn't the easiest time in Mary's life to be singing. Her life has suddenly changed course, hadn't it? In fact, it's never going to be the same. Now, you might have noticed this song doesn't say anything about life back in Nazareth. It doesn't provide some escape plan from the scandal that she's going to live through, the confusion and pain she's going to bring to the heart of Joseph, her beloved. He's going to have to make plans, and he will make plans, in fact, to leave her quietly. But what she's doing is what you and I need to do, perhaps even today. Don't focus on the suffering and the difficulty. Focus on your Savior to whom you surrender your life one day at a time. Now, verse 56 tells us Mary remained with Elizabeth about three months and returned to her home. I can just imagine how sweet this fellowship was with Elizabeth and the old priest Zechariah as they had meals together as she stayed in their home over the course of these three months. Now, as Mary goes home, Elizabeth goes into labor and gives birth to her son. Verse 58 tells us Zechariah and Elizabeth and their baby boy are now neighborhood celebrities. Uh, In fact, when the time for naming the boy arrives on the eighth day, which was customary, all the neighbors are gathering, you know, around the home to celebrate Zachariah's namesake. I mean, surely he's going to name this boy after himself. He finally got, you know, little Zachariah Jr. But Elizabeth insists this boy is to be named John. That's how the angel Gabriel instructed uh, Zachariah. Now, remember, Zachariah hasn't been able to speak a word since he doubted the word of God from Gabriel. So here in verse 63, Zechariah asks for a writing tablet, and he writes down, his name is John. And all the neighbors wonder what in the world is going on. Well, as soon as Zechariah writes those words announcing the name, his mouth is opened, and he begins praising God. The poetic form here indicates he's He's singing, or more likely chanting, as the priest would do in that day. And he's also been working on some song lyrics, too, for for several months. Now, there are four stanzas here in Zechariah's wonderful song. The first stanza is about Israel's salvation, covers verses 68 through 71. And Zechariah sings, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. The second stanza covers verses 72 through 75. It's about God's sovereignty. God has sovereignly worked through the centuries to bring about in the coming Messiah the fulfillment of his promise, his oath, namely his covenant. With Abraham. Now, in the third stanza, Zechariah turns and starts singing uh, to his son here in verse 76. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, 
For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. I don't want you to miss what's happening here. There hasn't been an ordained prophet in Israel for four hundred years. But now Zechariah is holding a prophet in his arms, John the Baptizer, John the Baptist, as he'll be called one day. He's going to call the nation of Israel as the prophet of God to repentance. He's going to introduce the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Well, now Zechariah begins his closing stanza here in verse 78. And it's all about this Savior. He sings, The sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness. Well, these truths that Zechariah is singing about here, they're they're going to shape John's life. Verse 80 records that the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. Let me just pause long enough to tell you the meaning of the names of this little family here. They're significant. Zechariah means God remembers. Elizabeth means the promise of God. And John means the grace of God. You put their names together and you have a pretty good summary of the gospel of Jesus Christ, don't you? God remembers. God remembers his promise. God remembers his promise and delivers to mankind his amazing grace. By the way, beloved, God didn't just remember them. He remembers you. God hasn't become so busy in the 21st century that he's not aware of you. He knows where you are right now. He knows what his will means for your life today. In fact, he hears every prayer request you make as Mary, Zechariah, Elizabeth, and now little baby John will learn, the will of God is going to bring them joy. It's also going to bring some sorrow and difficulty and pain. Maybe right now you need to whisper to the Lord in prayer, Lord, your will for my life right now isn't easy. In fact, right now it's hard. You haven't given me all the answers yet, but you have given me salvation. Lord, you are indeed the sunrise. You brought me out of darkness into the light of truth and forgiveness. So help me to be a a little more like Mary today, surrendering to your will, even though it might be difficult and even confusing at times. And help me to sing the words of praise like Zechariah, a man who had doubted your word. Help me to sing of your amazing grace. Thank you, God for remembering me. Well, until next time, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Stephen called this lesson, The Songs of the Surrendered Hearts, as he continues teaching through the Bible on this wisdom journey. One of Stephen's passions is training and equipping men and women for service to God. In order to do that more effectively, 
He founded and serves as the president of Shepherd's Theological Seminary. Learn more at wisdomonline.org forward slash STS. Then join us next time as we continue the wisdom journey.